0: You're listening to the Lucas Ask You Experience. Now, here's your host, the one and only, Lucas Ask You. Hello world! Welcome to the Lucas Ask You Experience. I'm extremely excited about today's podcast as we are doing an experience overload. As some of you may know, I recently crossed over into into the years that start with the number three. And to commemorate Turning the Big 3-0, I wanted to share the top 30 experiences that have helped shape my life and have involved many of you listening within the LAE Faithful. I also was a big fan growing up of hearing top 30 or top 40 radio shows where they would count down to the top song of that week. So I wanted to follow the same script and go from 30 to 1. So are you ready to get started? I said, are you ready? Ready? Oh yes, I'm not recording this in front of a live audience, so can't quite hear the LAE faithful cheers. But without further ado, I'm going to assume that they are there. Let's get started with number 30. Number 30, a flash mob. Yes, I know what you were thinking. This was a brief fad or flash in the pan. But yes, this was just a part of the fad about a decade or so ago. I was living in Arkansas at the time and working for the University of Arkansas athletic department. We had this brilliant idea to create a viral experience and a flash mob fit that bill. A flash mob was going to take place at the Razorbacks basketball game versus Florida. It was something we had choreographed and practiced with a bunch of students in the weeks leading up to the game. Okay, so in the end, it actually didn't go viral. It barely made a blip on the radar, but it had a lovely DVD of the occasion and we will always remember the song you make me feel by cobra starship a chart topper in the year 2011 so for that reason it makes the list and kicks us off in the countdown number 29 the van down by the river so in grade three we had a class project to do on a report of a famous person who happened to be deceased yes it was a thing back in my elementary school. So the purpose was to highlight someone who made a positive mark on society and showcase their story, while also assuming and actually becoming that character, so the look and talking like that person. So people were signing up to be Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone, John MacDonald, the first Canadian prime minister, Albert Einstein, the list would go on. You get my drift. So you remember a few episodes back when I said I like to be totally different, just like my favorite cracker chip, Crispers. well, I decided to go in left field and feature someone who died on a drug overdose and was known for large consumption of food and alcohol, none other than Mr. Chris Farley. You may ask, why is this on the list of top 30 experiences? Well, because it showed that it is sometimes good to think through a decision a little bit before making your final choice. Nothing wrong against Chris Farley. Great comedian. One of the best of his generation, but probably as a grade three student, not someone you should try to emulate. Number 28, the eye of the dragon. Dragon fruit, also known as pitaya, is one of the greatest tropical fruits. And for those thinking that distinction belongs to the pineapple, I mean, come on, who really likes the prickliness of outer shell that a pineapple provides and the crunchiness of some of those pizzas? And who actually puts pineapples on their pizza? That's another episode all to itself. Now I'm talking about the dragon fruit or pitaya, which is a fruit of a dark pink hue and is popular in many countries. One of those countries being Southeast Asia, as well as other tropical places like Hawaii. And that is where I discovered the best pataya bowl in the world. See, pataya is often overlooked by people wanting açaí or açaí bowls. Pataya really is the better choice. Pataya really is the better choice. You see, pataya is filled with just as much goodness as açaí. Plus, it doesn't get stuck in between your teeth, which is very important to me when selecting a snack option. So when I walked into Anaki's juice bar and had the funky monkey bowl, With Pattaya, there was no greater island feeling. So if you happen to be in the island of Kauai and want to treat yourself to a real delicious and easy to maintain your high level of oral care standards afterwards, make your way to Anaki's Juice Bar for a Pattaya Bowl to see why it comes in as the number 28 experience. Number 27, a Blue Jay in Minneapolis. The year was 1994. Actually, you know who would actually be best to tell this one? None other than the other Askew child at the game. Give it up for the friendly forensic scientist in the Western world, my brother, Christopher Askew.
1: Well, that was a special uh, family trip. I, I, I do remember uh, going to see our beloved Blue Jays uh, play at that uh, the Metrodome, I think it was called back then, and I had that image of that white... Ceiling and they always kind of wondered even even as a nine-year-old child like if you're building a baseball stadium Why do you make the ceiling white if the if the ball was white it didn't seem like the the smartest thing? But I, I remember uh, I think we watched the whole the whole series we went to all, like all three or four games that year and uh, it was quite special uh, and even uh, Getting to see chance to watch Kirby Puckett play that was uh, that was definitely a highlight. I also remember uh, Going to the Mall of America that was a, quite a treat as a, as a, as a child, to see a, a, a place like that big. It seemed to have every store, and I think we basically ate all our, felt like we ate all our meals there. From our hometown mall of like eight, eight, eight nine stores, it seemed like incredible that we could just like, eat uh, eat some ice cream, go on some rides. You know what I also remember? Uh, that trip is eating at the old spaghetti factory and thinking that was good pasta. And uh, going, going back to the old spaghetti factory, I think it was like 10 years later, and finding out that it's not really good pasta. <laughs> but uh, as a nine-year-old, you don't know any better at the time. But uh, that's definitely a good memory that I have of that trip.
0: Number 26, the Askew's take on
1: Dallas. I can't believe that this trip made it onto the list. It was It was the worst family trip of... My life, and I just assumed maybe your life too. I mean, I remember we decided, oh, let's let's escape the cold Canadian winter and go down to Texas. And little did we know that I would be bundled up in a a huge jacket walking around free- freezing the entire trip. I remember. I mean, the only kind of highlight was that we went to the Dallas Cowboy Philadelphia game that was for the division uh, for a playoff berth. And it was the last game of the season, but I remember we just had to sneak on, to, or not sneak on to, but try to get onto the the Monday night or the Sunday night bus just so we could warm up because as we were walking around trying to tailgate, we were so cold. So definitely, it was it was not the not the best trip, the warm you know Christmas vacation that we were hoping for, and uh, didn't help that I also. Uh, I threw at my back playing tennis against you and kind of realized that I'm, I'm not as young as I used to like to think I am and then I realized that I maybe have to stretch a little bit now before I uh, play sports so that that didn't help but uh that was uh that was my least favorite family trip
0: See, this shows the the different viewpoints that Christopher and I have in a lot of things he viewed it in that light I actually quite enjoyed the trip you know Whooping him in uh, tennis, the, the couple games that we had, him having to actually pull out because his, his back was was tightening up, had some mysterious food poisoning as well. I think it was just part of his plan that he didn't want to play. And we got to see Cowboy Kyle Orton play quarterback for Dallas. I don't know what could be more special than that. Uh, and it was a pretty special trip. We also had some of the best pizza we had ever eaten at the time. Cane Rosso's in Dallas would highly recommend it. And the barbecue, how about the barbecue? That, That probably, as you can see, food is a highlight of the Askew family trips, and this is definitely, definitely it. So from the ups and the downs, and the fact that it was Christmas, and we were all together, the four of us, the original Team Canada Post, makes it list worthy in my books. Number 25. Summerfest in Milwaukee. Now, for anyone that hasn't experienced this summer festival, music festival, you don't know what you're missing out. Other festivals like Lollapalooza in Chicago or Bonnaroo in somewhere in Tennessee may get more publicity, but Summerfest in Milwaukee consistently delivers top talent and highlights up-and-comers before their big break. The energy is special because like many of the cities in the Midwest, after a punishing and brutal winter, people want to be outside and have a good time in the summer. And that is what they do at Summerfest. Aptly named, of course. So the number 25 memory was actually a team outing. I was fortunate enough to see Imagine Dragons right before they became radioactive. Yes, radioactive. I was... That joke definitely played better in rehearsals, but I'm going to keep it in here. I like it. I wrote it. I'm going to keep, keep it going. But regardless, seeing Imagine Dragons live with a warm summer evening in Milwaukee, nothing can be better than that. Well, I guess there were 24 of the experiences to go, and they are technically better than that, but okay, it was good. It's on the list. Check it out. Summerfest in Milwaukee would recommend. Number 24, Kiffin's first kickoff. As you know, I spent five months living in Knoxville, Tennessee, working for the University of Tennessee. It was my first taste of living in America, and also where I had my first taste for a live college football game. So it was a warm September Saturday, and Vol Nation was excited as this young coach named Lane Kiffin was debuting in front of the home crowd against Western Kentucky. The final score was 49-0, to so it was definitely not the most competitive game, but it was quite the atmosphere to experience for the first time. Obviously, what has happened since for both Lane Kiffin and the Vols, less than desirable. Lane Kiffin, most hated man in Tennessee, left them after that year, and the Vols haven't put together more than nine wins in over a decade. But we won't go into that. We'll remember the good times, the glorious afternoon, September 2009, Kiffin's first kickoff. Number 23, Baton Rouge at night. Sticking on the college football theme for the past decade, Alabama has been the cream of the crop in college football. But pushing them for a couple years during that time was the Louisiana State University, or LSU, Tigers. And there is no atmosphere quite like Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for a night football game. Going with my buddy at the time, Brian Kohout, we were in the Alabama section as he worked for Alabama at the time. It was a hotly contested contest going back and forth, but running back, Derrick Henry, a freshman at the time, who is now a a professional NFL player, uh, caught a pass out of the backfield and scampered into the end zone with under 30 seconds left to give Alabama the win. It is the loudest stadium I've ever been in, and the environment has not quite been matched at another sporting event since that I've gone to. So, with those attributes, it's definitely worthy of the number 23 spot on the Experience Countdown. Number 22, FGL. I've definitely had a on-again, off-again relationship with country music. Growing up, that's all I heard. Garth Brooks, Clint Black... George Strait, Joe D. Messina. Give me some Heads Carolina, Tails California. Then throughout my teens and early 20s, I didn't listen at all. Didn't like country. But in the past few years, I'm back on the train and in large part due to a little band by the name of Florida Georgia Line, or FGL for short. They're my favorite band, and I don't care if their country is mostly filled with bobble gum pop. I really like it. You may be asking yourself, if they're your favorite band, why are they so low on the countdown? Well, you know when you build something up for so long, and then the event comes, and it can't quite possibly live up to the lofty expectations, but it's still really, really good. That's how I felt when I saw them. I saw them on, in in concert for my 29th birthday last year, and they were pretty spectacular. But as I said, I built it up to this level. That they were never going to actually meet. So as a result. They're still worthy of making the list. But I'm placing them in the correct position. As some other experiences. Just had a little bit more for me. Number 21. A French toast unlike any other. Yes. My 21st greatest experience in life. Is eating a piece of French toast. Yes. I I know how that sentence just sounded, and I'm proud of that. Maybe my life is not the most glamorous, but let me describe to you this little piece of heaven. The location, Bali, Indonesia. Okay, I, I don't have any listeners that live in Bali yet, but hopefully after this, we can encourage some people to go. So the place, the Viceroy Hotel. And at this hotel, they had an unlimited breakfast menu. But it wasn't just your eggs benedict, an omelet, or even a Belgian waffle that swept me off my feet. It was a delicate and round slice of French toast. This was the most perfect slice you had ever seen. Nice and fluffy, that could allow the fork so delicate to cut through it. The top was dusted with the right amount of powdered sugar and cinnamon with just a splash, just a splash of syrup. Each bite was more delicious than the last. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. So with all that being said, you know what would have put this even higher on the list? If instead of the syrup that was used at that day, the ship had a container of Roger's Golden Syrup. You see, Roger's Golden Syrup is handcrafted in beautiful British Columbia and named after the city within the province of B.C., Rogers Golden Syrup has been an Askew family tradition for over three generations and always brings us closer. The syrup is succulent and golden to just jump off the plate. It is best used with biscuits, waffles, or the previously named French toast. Rogers Golden Syrup is a proud sponsor of the LAE. If you were going to compete, you might as well go for gold, as in Rogers Golden Syrup. Now, let's get back to the countdown. Number 20. Vietnam You see, Vietnam means different things to different people. After just completing the Ken Burns documentary on Netflix and understanding more about the decades surrounding the Vietnam War, I certainly know why people have the opinion of the country they do. I had the opportunity to visit Ho Chi Minh City, Hanoi, and other parts of the country. The experience, the history, and not to mention the food was spectacular. I thought I was actually going to become addicted to coffee after drinking a few Vietnamese-style coffees, aka two espressos, with a splash of condensed milk. But thanks to the history lesson, the delicious food, and the fact that my dollar could be stretched even further than I thought possible, Vietnam, the entire country, the entire experience, earns the number 20 spot on the countdown. A jingle bell, not quite rock. It was grade eight. It was Christmas time in Regina, Saskatchewan. A lovely time of year, and I was attending WF Ready. That was my elementary school at the time. I was attending the Christmas recital. We were in grade eight. We felt we ran the school. Context: I went to a school from that was kindergarten through grade eight, and had high, high school starting in grade nine in a different school. So I know it's different. In different countries to so set in the context. And every Christmas time, each class would perform some musical rendition of a wonderful Christmas tune or tunes. And for us grade eights, we were to perform the wonderful iconic hits Jingle Bells and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. The catch, we were going to play it on guitars. So for about two months leading up to this, our class practiced and practiced. We started from the bottom. Seriously, we started from the absolute bottom, but we were getting decently, decently good. Then comes the moment of the performance. All our parents, the rest of the 500 students in the school, were all packed into the gymnasium to see the main event of the night, us, the grade eights. I'll admit, I was excited to show what our class had worked so hard to, to do. In the moment, our music teacher, the ever sweet and encouraging Miss Helfrick, signaled for us to start I knew something was wrong. Instead of hearing the melody of jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, what came out of the guitars instead was the sound that only a duck trying to play a trombone could ever make. It wasn't on tune, and we were all in completely different keys. It was a travesty. Poor Miss Helfrick was smiling through it all, trying to keep it together, and after what had to be the most painful couple minutes, our parents started timidly, but giving us a a standing ovation and a round of applause. I don't think the shock had worn off, but again, they're our parents. They will love us through through it all. Definitely a memorable experience. Turns out it was actually one of the classmates playing a practical joke. His name, Andrew Douglas, decided to change the tuning of the guitars minutes before we went on. So Andrew Douglas, thank you. Because without it, It would have just been any other recital with it it became the number 19 experience so congrats number 18 chick-fil-a now the atlanta institution chick-fil-a has been around for 70 years around 70 years and they famously remind you that they didn't invent the chicken just the chicken sandwich and that chicken sandwich is something that can help put a smile on any person's face. I was first exposed to Chick-fil-A in Tennessee, and since then have witnessed others get in, introduced to the perfectly breaded and delectably tanginess of the chicken sandwich. Like my good acquaintance, Tim Ryan, who tasted Chick-fil-A on a road trip we took to Tahoe for his birthday a few years back. Happy belated, old Tim. But the experience that sticks out above all for me is when my old man and father go where to ask you. At chick-fil-a for the first time since then every time we see each other in the US we seek out the nearest chick-fil-a even if that means going into a government building in Nashville getting special security clearance I'm not making this up getting special security clearance in order to go into the chick-fil-a and make a purchase much to my mother's chagrin so for that how it brings people together and just seeing the smile on my dad's face every time we have a chicken sandwich, we just had one actually a couple weeks ago when I saw him. For that moment, that's what makes it the number 18 experience. Number 17, Ryan Rossillo One of my favorite assignments for work thus far has been being assigned to an activation for my client Comcast that involved ESPN radio. The assignment to promote the fall football tour for ESPN and through this I was able to go to different locations and see the ESPN radio personalities like Colin Coward, Mike and Mike, Scott Van Pelt all record live. Obviously none of them are in the same role as they were then but at the time I was in Madison, Madison Wisconsin for a Scott Van Pelt show and this is when a somewhat unheralded co-host Ryan Rossillo, was coming up the ranks. To generate content for our Comcast Sports handle, I was tasked with interviewing Ryan as our social media person that day, aka the Xfinity sports guy, Austin Schindel, was not present. So I cobbled together a few questions to ask Ryan, including my favorite one asking him to comment on how him and SVP had been compared as Jordan and Pippen of the sports broadcasting world. Obviously, nothing further materialized from this interview, but it was an awesome experience for me to partake in. And I still use the photo of that interview on my LinkedIn profile. Something I had to work from there. See, since that time, Ryan Rosillo has gone on to his own show at ESPN, then moved away, now currently does double duty between ESPN and The Ringer, has his own podcast. He's becoming famous, even more famous now. So hopefully I I got in at the ground level and that picture and that experience will continue to become more, more and more famous. Number 16, September 29th, 1988. I mean, I feel I need to pay homage to the actual birthday, as without that fateful night in September in 1988, none of these other experiences would have materialized. So, shout out to my parents for bringing me into this world. September 29th, 1988. Worth the number 16 experience on this countdown. Number 15, The Friendly Confines of the Center for Kinesiology, Health, and Sport. I had the privilege to announce the University of Regina Cougars basketball games for a couple years. They played at the Center for Kinesiology, Health, and Sport, hence the title, and a real mouthful when you have to announce that every game, I might tell you. One game in particular stands out to me above the rest. It was a doubleheader when the Brandon University Bobcats came to play. See, both the men and women's... Basketball teams would play on the same night creating double headers that double header atmosphere and contrasting styles of play it was exciting the bobcats had a really good men's team and an absolutely absolutely atrocious women's team i mean i mean that in the nice possible way their women's team wasn't very good and our university of regina women's team was a top 10 team however the point spread the line Not the point spread. The line was set at 41.5, and and with under 30 seconds left, the Cougar women were up by 42 points. The ball came to the top, and Brandon forward, Rebecca Cox, rose up and took the shot. What felt like an eternity, the ball soared towards the bucket, first hitting the back of the rim, then caressing around the backboard, and then twirling on the front rim, only to fall victim to a fortunate home team roll. The game ended 78-36, with the Cougar women miraculously covering the line. For that moment, it's worth an experience. Number 14, Tumbling Down the Mountain. So number 14, learning to ski. Oh, the joys of picking up a skill when you're an adult. And one of the places where I decided to cut my teeth in was the majestic mountain of Whistler. Now internationally known and recognized thanks to the Vancouver Winter Olympics, Whistler is an impeccable ski resort and a paradise for, for many ski and snowboard junkies. And you know what? After skiing these those two days, I can't feel further from that feeling. I hated it. It was the first year I started skiing. I had a pass there for two days, went there two days, took a lesson, and I was playing terrible. It's a beautiful, gigantic mountain but I tumbled, I got lost, and I was glad when I left that day. It is part of the top 30 though, because it was a stepping stone to getting more comfortable on skis. And now I actually like the sport. So sometimes you need to fail, not sometimes, but large majority of the time, you need to fail at something first. That's how you learn, that's how you become better, become more comfortable. And for that reason, it's on the countdown as a top experience. Number 13, Cottage Country. Muskoka, it's in Ontario, in Canada. It's an absolute paradise. It's known as Cottage Country. On on the way to my brother's wedding in 2017, Julie and I spent a few days in Cottage Country, a couple hours north of Toronto. It was at a beautiful B&B called Trillium Resort and Spa. It was quaint, it was peaceful, and we were the youngest guests by at least 10 years. It was perfect. There were badminton courts, horseshoe pits, kayaks, a spa, virtually anything you could want in a place so disconnected from the hustle and bustle of a major city. It was a perfect way to spend a couple days before seeing my brother tie the knot. So if you're ever near the Muskoka, Ontario area, or more aptly near the Toronto area, you want to get away from the hustle and bustle, give my girl Jody the guest services manager at Trillium McCall, and she will make sure you have the most peaceful and tranquil experience. Number 11. Before this next one, I want to actually take a moment and bask in the goodness of something I didn't think I was going to have happen again in my life. See, You see, when I was traveling through Chicago, midway of course, more reliable than O'Hare, am I right? But I was traveling through Chicago, and I was on my way to my gate. When out of the corner of my eye, I noticed this red glow coming from inside a Hudson newsstand. This red glow was coming from a bag of something. I could see it, and this glow was awfully familiar to me. So it stopped me in my tracks, I decided to pursue a closer look to see what this could be. Lo and behold, this red glow was the familiar look of one of the greatest snack options ever created. Yes, you know I'm talking about that product from our good friends at Snack Factory, the Sriracha and Lime Pretzel Chips. Left for extinction late last year, Snack Factory had discontinued production of this flavor. But there were some laggards to this party, and still some in circulation. And there it was, in the Hudson Newsstand store. The full three rows of Snack Factory chips with the very top row dedicated to sriracha and lime. So I did what any sane human being would do, buy the entire stock, forcing me to take two sweaters out of my carry-on bag, wear them while profusely sweating the rest of the day and the flight, just to ensure I had the room to store those tasty, delicate pretzel chips. The things you do for love. uh, Snack Factory's Sriracha Lime Pretzel Chips. Showing again, showing once again why it's the giant panda of pretzel snacks. And you know what? I think that deserves a spot on the countdown. So number 11, it's yours. Sriracha Lime Pretzel Chips. Number 10. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. My first ever trip outside in North America occurred in the beautiful country of Australia. I just started dating Julie at the time, much to the chagrin of my travel partners, Kelsey and Tim, as they both were single, so I was definitely a buzzkill. But this trip was gonna be great. It was gonna be a great dude's trip, exploring Australia, enjoying the summer weather in January. It was also a chance to watch a little live tennis as part of the Australian Open. You know know I'm a big tennis fan. So it it was a wonderful, crafted, experience and a vacation. The trip started out great. We landed in Sydney, absolutely loved just exploring the harbor area, exploring the beaches, Bondi Beach, wonderful. Met up with a good friend from Regina. It was it was a delightful first couple days. And then the seas started to change uh, as we shifted to, to Melbourne. We saw a little tennis, saw Roger Federer get absolutely crushed in the third round. It was unfortunate, but still wonderful to watch him. And then, by about day seven or day eight, a little virus, a little stomach flu. Something came across me, and I was virtually dead. I couldn't, couldn't do anything. Basically, was bedridden for the next three days. Unfortunately, this was during Australia Day, a very important day, a very celebratory day. So Tim and Kelsey enjoyed and explored Australia on their own, while I sat in bed contemplating my life. We spent the rest of our time, Byron Bay, and three kind of forgettable days in Brisbane. Would not recommend Brisbane if you're going to Australia, having the time of your life, not much going on in Brisbane. So spent three too many days there. But regardless, it was a great experience. Sydney, Melbourne, Byron Bay, Brisbane, the whole country of Australia, part of the Commonwealth. So obviously I'm biased, but Australia, number 10 on the list. Number nine, the podcast experience. So two years ago, this screechy voice you're listening to now took the airwaves to record the pilot, AKA the pilot episode. What started as a way to hear myself speak has turned into something more. Myself and a few others and the LAE faithful. Many great guests have come on, shared their experiences and helped build the LAE into what it is today. The LAE faithful, you, the loyal listeners, have grown in numbers, and I'm extremely grateful to share life with you. And who could forget our wonderful sponsors from Privalsec OTC to Avino Hydrate Sunscreen Plus and other beloved LAE sponsors. Without them this show would be about two minutes shorter and devoid of tantalizing sponsor reads. plus who would pay the wonderful gifts we give our guests and listeners. So the Lucas Ask you experience podcast, AKA the LAE, definitely deserving of its spot inside the top 10 number eight, the Italian job. No, not the amazing 2003 Mark Wahlberg hit that increased sales for the Mini Cooper immensely Still disappointed they couldn't put together a sequel for that film. But I digress. The number eight experience for me is my trip to Italy. From the food, the history, the beaches, the buildings, you name it, Italy is a pretty awesome country. I was fortunate enough to do Sicily, the Amalfi Coast, Florence, Rome, Tuscany area. It was an amazing trip to explore. And really, you can't go wrong picking a city or town in the country everything has every place is its own unique culture unique feel and flavor and regardless you're going to have a good time these people are just so energetic so exciting will stop you on the street to say hello to you so welcoming so accommodating i can go on and on the italian job go to italy if you haven't been already or if you have go back the italian job number eight on the list Number seven, the Mexican Christmas. The year was twenty fourteen and the Askew family, the extended Askew family, so my immediate family and my cousins on my mother's side and my grandpa all went to play a Del Carmen, Del Carma, as the locals call it, uh for our Askew family trip over the Christmas holidays. And this is actually the most memorable family vacation and why it's the highest on this list uh, for a number of reasons. We had the moments like my brother having his mouth taped shut because he was so loud, especially when he, we would come home late where he would wake up the entire resort with his loud, obnoxious voice that you have actually heard on this podcast many times. So thank you for being so accommodating by tuning down your dial uh, to accommodate his loud voice. But that was a memorable part. Another part, my grandpa, Grandpa Tedler, actually ran the resort completely out of Bailey's and earned him the nickname Grandpa Bailey's by everyone else at the resort for the remainder of our time. And the last piece, less than memorable, but still, it is memorable in just a negative way, it was my first and hopefully last ever trip to a Mexican doctor. I'm blaming the lettuce on the BLT sandwiches that I had. But let's just say, I saw a lot. I was bedridden again. You can see there, there's some uh, similarities in my experiences, a lot of bedridden experiences. But regardless, 2014, the ASCII family trip, one of the great experiences that we've had as an extended family. Number six, David versus Goliath. So maybe this Biblical comparison is widely overused in our society, and I'm probably stretching things, but I was 17 years old and this next experience felt like I was slaying the giant. It was 2005, city championship basketball. Playing the role of Goliath were the Campbell Tartans, the number one overall seed, the defending champion, and two future professionals in their starting lineup. Yes, I'm saying professionals. Professional players came out of Regina. Don't sleep on the talent of basketball talent in Regina, and Canada for that matter. But that was Goliath and us as David, the Belfour Redman, Redmen, a team filled with a bunch of hardworking Joes, including the vastly underrated and underappreciated Kevin Tamaki and Tom Brady's doppelganger, Paul Schuback. That year, I played the role of a six-man, first off the bench to give the team a spark with a little energy, a little defense, and a little Manu Ginobili. Basically, I like to get under people's skin. And it was this year that actually my hairdresser at the time had her first child and thus took a year off of work. Why am I telling you this? Well, the result was me not cutting my hair for an entire year. And during basketball season, it was a mix between an afro, a rat's nest, and four toupees patched together. Regardless, it would oftentimes get in my hair. It it would, but I wouldn't wear a headband. I, for some reason, didn't want to. But enough about my hair. Back to the actual game. David and Goliath, we were... Campbell raced out to an early lead. They were up by 12 points in the first quarter. They weren't missing shots. We just continued to chip away, chip away. We never gave up. It wasn't until the the final two minutes of the game we actually took the lead with a silky smooth 12-foot jumper from Paul Schuback. And as the clock ticked to zero and seeing we had won the game. It was one of those out-of-body experiences that you can't quite put into words. Throughout the game, it was, I saw the people in the stands, but I was so focused. I was in the zone, just enjoying every second, every minute of that game. And at the time, it was the greatest thing that I'd ever done in my life. Slaying the Campbell Tartans, winning the city championship, and strutting around school the next day. As a city champion basketball player. No better feeling in high school. So, for that, number six on the LA Countdown. Number five, Doc's Lab, an experiment in stand up. The great Kate Nazrady, a friend of the pod and all around great human. Was talking to me one day, and we were talking about things uh, as we wanted to accomplish. And as the conversation evolved, Kate had the daring idea to try an open mic night. We both thought we were funny, and still do, by the way. So we wanted to get out of our comfort zone and actually perform. It was quite the experience in a dungy basement setting at a place called Doc's Lab. There were 20 comments that night. 20 comics that night, and Kate and I were the very last two to go. In front of a raucous audience, both of us worked up the courage and absolutely crushed it on stage. It was a time that I realized stand-up comedy was not my ultimate strength, hence why I'm doing podcasting. Probably not my ultimate strength as well. But you know, if you continue trying different things, you're bound to find something that you're good at, or at least they'll allow you to put things on, on air. So for helping get out of my comfort zone, thanking Kate for that experience, and really just the entire moment where I felt like Jerry Seinfeld down in the basement of Doc's Lab, that makes it a number five experience. Number four, Labor Day Weekend. So every year, my brother and I embark on a brother adventure trip. In 2014, we decided to both meet in a place for a Labor Day, sorry, Labro Day experience. And that place was New York. It was an epic weekend that we still reminisce about every time we see each other. So what made it so epic? First, the food. Just kidding. We actually survived on Domino's Pizza most nights and the sixth best Thai place in Queens. And of course, as a Seinfeld lover, a cinnamon, not chocolate, a cinnamon babka for dessert with a black-and-white cookie. Second, the comedy. Probably the best live set of comedians I've ever seen and in a venue like the Comedy Cellar, which has witnessed so many great comedians. The combination was unbelievable, and it is here where I first heard and saw Gary Goleman, not the biggest name in comedy, but certainly one of the tallest, and his joke about role-playing still cracks me up to this day. And finally, the tennis getting the chance to attend the U.S. Open Tennis Championship, and in back-to-back nights, seeing the great Novak Djokovic from the lower section, and then the following night, being in the nosebleeds, but not a care in the world, because my guy, the Swiss maestro, Roger Federer, took down Big John, American John Isner, with a classic Fed performance. New York brings the energy every time you visit, and the summertime can be uncomfortably warm, but also comfortably warm for people that like heat, like myself. So for Labor Day, Labor Day weekend in 2014, things turned out all right, and thus earning the number four spot on the top 30 experiences countdown. Number three, Thanksgiving. You hear a lot about American Thanksgiving, the copious amounts of food that is created, the multiple days off work people receive, and of course, the football that is on TV. But when I was living in Tennessee, I didn't know what to expect with my first American Thanksgiving experience. As you may have remembered, I went into this experience in detail during season one, episode four, the turkey. So I will give you the cliff notes summary. My boss at the time, Mr. Doug Coase, invited me over to his place for for his family's Thanksgiving. It was an absolute feast, complete with the best sweet potato pie I've ever eaten. Seriously, I've tried to recreate this with multiple recipes, but they haven't quite hit the mark. After this delicious meal, we had a family game of kickball with all the children and adults. Now, I'm not just talking your run-of-the-mill game. I mean an intense wedding crashers flag football style game. Even in my penny loafer shoes, I was booting home runs and pelting all members of the family with the ball to keep my team ahead. After departing the festivities around 4, yes, it's only 4 p.m. This is an epic, epic day. Uh, I then headed out to meet a group of friends for Friendsgiving. Although we didn't realize what we were doing most of the time, and we didn't realize there was turkey meat on all sides of the turkey, uh, someone ended up cutting their finger and bleeding while making mashed potatoes, and the only booze available were warm bags of Franzia. It was one of the most awesome meals of my life and at that moment I realized why Americans get so crazy about Thanksgiving it really is one holiday that brings everybody together number two Flutie Flakes you know that feeling when something happens when you're young and your world just completely changes I don't I don't know that either, but I, I felt I needed something to lead this in, so that was uh, that was how I, how I did it. Flutie flakes. This is my OG, my original idol before Roger Federer was Mr. Doug Flutie. You see, growing up in Regina, the Canadian Football League was the closest professional sporting league to me. We even had a professional team in Regina, the Saskatchewan Roughriders. But naturally, as touched on in previous episodes, my contrarian ways. I like to be totally different thank you, Crisper Chips, once again giving you a shout-out, directed me to, like, a different team, the Calgary Stampeders. And at that time, they were led by this small, in stature only, quarterback named Doug Flutie. You see, Flutie, the 1984 Heisman winner from Boston College, was constantly overlooked in his life because of his height. People thought he couldn't succeed. At Boston College, then having to play in the USFL, the Canadian Football League, and then when he actually did make the NFL, he was constantly overlooked. Rob Johnson, Rob freaking Johnson, was put in as a starting quarterback over Doug Flutie multiple times with the Bills. Unbelievable. Because of that, how he embodied that spirit, I wanted to emulate that. When I was witnessing him absolutely crushing Canadian Football League defenses, my family was visiting Calgary, the opportunity to go see a stampede practice. So, we went, saw the practice, and my mother encouraged, had built up the courage to actually go down, get very close. See, this was at a time where security and all those elements, they weren't quite in place. It was a little lack. So, you can actually walk up to these great athletes. So, my mother walked up and asked Mr. Flutie for a photo, not, not just an autograph, a photo. And I actually... But a week before, I was horsing around with my brother and ended up getting a rug burn on my nose. Basically ripped off most of the skin on my nose. So I had that wonderful mark. I didn't care what I looked like. I was meeting Doug Flutie and I was getting a picture with Doug Flutie. And for that, it's worth number two. We've gone through 29 experiences. Yes, for those still with us, which should be all of you, we've, we've gone through them all. A flash mob, a van down by the river, an eye of the dragon, a blue jay in Minneapolis, the Askew's take on Dallas, Summerfest in Milwaukee. Okay, I won't, I won't go through them all. But there's been a lot of great experiences, 29 great ones to be exact. But there's still one experience left out there. And I'm sure some of you can guess it. What takes the cake, no pun intended, as the number one experience of my life thus far. Without further ado. Number one. Best. Period. Day. Period. Ever. Period. I don't know if I would be allowed back in this house if this experience didn't top the list. I'd be lying to you if I said this actually wasn't the best experience. Because it was. The experience took place in Lake Tahoe, California, August 12th, 2017. This, of course, was my wedding day. Leading up to the day, people were trying to set the expectations as to what to expect. But it's hard to fully quantify the feeling of having your family and friends from all parts of your life under one roof. It's a unique blend that is almost never recreated in your lifetime. So the entire experience... Not just the day, but leading up to it when people were coming in from all over. Everyone was converging to Lake Tahoe, the resort at Squaw Creek, for this event to celebrate Julie and I. It just meant so much to me, seeing everyone there, everyone having a great time. Even if they weren't, they were still smiling and were telling me that they were having a good time, which really, that's all you can ask for on your your wedding day weekend. So just all the feelings that were had, family, friends. August 12th, 2017, got to marry my best friend, start a life together. It is the best day ever. There you have it. The 30 top experiences of my life thus far in the 30 years I've been in existence. Thank you, the loyal LAE listeners for continuing to support. To everyone out there, take care, talk soon, and God bless.